Hey dudes, this is Michael, one of the co-hosts of Two Dudes in the Nest, the show you're about to listen to. If you are a first-time listener and you've picked one of these older episodes to listen to, maybe because it's one of your favorite games on the NES, I don't blame you. However, I just want to warn you that uh, this is, some of these episodes are three, four, maybe five years old. And this is before we got new audio equipment. This is really before we even knew what we were doing. But we... You know, we want to leave them on the feed as long as we can because we want to have plenty of episodes for people to listen to. I just want to give a fair bit of warning before we get started. If you're an older listener and you're going back to listen to an episode again, uh, you may hear something new because right before the episode starts here, we're going to have an advertisement, which is probably not what you heard the first time through. But now we started doing ads in our shows, so we're going to have an ad here. Anyways, I hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy, please subscribe to the podcast and listen to as many episodes as you can. It always helps us out. And tell a friend, too. That'd be nice. Enjoy the show. The world is veiled in darkness. The wind stops. The sea is wild. The earth begins to rot. The people wait. Their hope... A prophecy. When the world is in darkness, two dudes and an NES and one cool guest will come. Welcome everybody to the next episode of Two Dudes and a Ness. With me today, uh, my name is Michael. I always forget to say my name for some reason. But uh, with me today is my co-host extraordinaire Justin. Hello, everyone. And an actual live guest, a real person, is joining us today. Uh, <laughs> Rob, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I don't know how much emphasis I'd place on a lie since it's 6 a.m. here at Las Vegas time, but we'll uh, we'll at least let the, everybody know that I have a bit of a pulse on the go. My name is Rob McCallum. I'm the director of an upcoming documentary called The NES Club in which we got to follow one fanatic collector around for 30 straight days as he tried to amass the entire NES library with no online purchases uh, as well as just basically talking to the entire community about what's made the NES endure to this very day so many years later. And one of the games that uh, Jay, the Fanatic Collector, had to get was Final Fantasy. So when I heard that two dudes in an NES wanted to talk about Final Fantasy, probably one of my favorite games, if not the number one game in my books for the NES library, I had to kind of reach out to you guys and we had to make this happen. Yeah, and awesome. we're definitely excited about the documentary whenever it finally comes out. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you're working hard, so we won't we won't rag on you too much for that. <laughs> There's a lot yeah, of hours to go through. 150 hours to cut down to two is a lot of work. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you mean yeah, people don't want to watch a 150-hour documentary? Well, it's funny because <laughs> like lately I, I threw up on, on Facebook and other social sites just to see what people wanted to do. I said, would you guys essentially want... A two-hour straight doc or a six-episode, like 30 minutes each kind of serialized version. So basically, do you want a two-hour or a three-hour doc? And people were really confused for a while. I'm basically saying it's this, it's just a longer version. It's not like it's coming out like episodically, like week after week. It's all on one disc. It's all whatever. And you know, the gaming community really loves their their gaming content. Finally, everybody said, just give us the longest version possible. So we'll see what happens. So what is your I, just to talk? Let's talk about your uh, documentary here for a minute because I do sure. have some questions about it. Um, what is your distribution plan? Are you just going to sell it personally, or are you going to try to get it out to? Uh, how, what, what's your plan there? Well, we'll be targeting uh, distributors. We've already had contact with about six or seven different people, uh, companies-wise. It'll be uh, it'll be a title that'll probably go digital. It will be the big kind of thing. Uh, so it'll yeah. be like your your Netflix, your iTunes, your Hulu, um, possibly Steam, other video on demand services, and uh, we'll probably do some very limited theatrical ourselves although a few distributors said you know might we might do a day and date so when it comes out on Netflix it also might be in a few theaters like one night only kind of across the country uh, physical discs are really hard to do in the independent scene because Best Buy will order like a million of them mm-hmm. and then at the end of the year if they've only sold like 500,000 then they want their money back and they send you <laughs> 500,000 discs which is okay yeah. but I don't have a lot of storage 
And right. I, don't, I don't want to be the guy who puts up the money for 500,000 discs, Absolutely. you know. So it's really hard to do physical stuff. Uh, internationally, it's really big still. Domestically, it's slowing down a bit, but it is still the number one kind of market, um, yeah. you know, to recoup costs. But we will probably be selling discs ourselves a little bit. We, uh, we've been partnering with a lot of the stores that we went to. A big part of the film is, you know, Jay going mm-hmm. to all these different stores across all these different cities. I mean, we've traveled 10,000 miles plus to do this documentary wow. so far. So a lot of these stores have been really cool. And they said, yeah, we'll stock your discs and, you know, we'll give them kind of like 10 at a time. So we really encourage, like Jay, for people to go out in person and get discs from these retailers because there's an experience associated with that. And that's what this is really about keeping experiences alive and not living in seclusion not just being plugged in but getting connected with the community so right we hope that yeah. uh, hope that comes across I like that and I like the the tenacity that it takes to make a movie yourself you know I think that that's going to be important now more than ever because of the technology that each of us can have in our own hands um, and you know there's you know like I know you did I think you did crowdfunding right you did a crowdfunding project. And, yeah, uh, we, we did. We hit Kickstarter up, uh, mm-hmm. which was really cool. And it's really Kickstarter is always really hard. I don't. I'm not. A, I'm a firm believer in not everything should be crowdfunded, but there's a certain way to try to crowdfund everything. Uh, mm-hmm. And some people just aren't as successful as they could be because of their strategy and stuff. We got very fortunate that the community really saw what we were trying to do, really believed in it, and uh, helped us along the way. Yeah, I think that that's also going to. Just one last thought, and then we'll start talking about Final Fantasy. I think that's also going to kind of scare Hollywood studios, too, because, I mean, now the technology is out there, the crowdfunding is out there, people can do their own movies, and they don't need the Hollywood studios so much. And uh, I admire you for doing that. I think it's a great project, and I look forward to seeing it. Oh, thanks, man. It's uh, it's definitely a, a shift in the entertainment world right now. I mean... You see shows like Breaking Bad is the kind of thing that has Hollywood scared. Mm-hmm. Stuff like Walking Dead. Anything on HBO mm-hmm. has always been strong, but it wasn't until the last five to ten years that the kind of HBO quality shows are becoming more and more prevalent that people would rather watch that on the weekends on a Sunday night than go to the mm-hmm. Cineplex, right? So right. That's, why yeah. Hollywood, that's why Hollywood's releasing fewer and fewer movies and spending more and more money on those fewer films because they need those guaranteed hits. Whereas right. now, like you said, the technology is in the hands of anybody that wants to create content and they have a platform, whether it's YouTube or mm-hmm. or any other kind of channel, just to get it out there. So there are other options now, which is really, really exciting. Cool. Yeah, I know uh, one thing. Uh, I'm excited for the movie, but the one thing that's kind of bothering me is I'm worried about what this is going to do to an NES collector like me. Because you're probably going to make everybody want to start collecting Nintendo <laughs> games, and they're they're all going to be gone. I'm not going to be able to buy anything. Well, here's the good thing. Uh, we've made a very strong effort to not mention any kind of prices in the film, because we don't want the film to be about the economics of it all. There's a little bit that, you know, it would be dated that, you know, Little Samson's worth this much, or Final Fantasy is worth this much, so... There was that side of it, but we didn't want it to focus on what Jay was spending versus what the game's worth, because ultimately it's not like he's trading this back to make a profit, like American Pickers or Pawn Stars. Mm -hmm. He's keeping the stuff, and it's about the hunt for the game, not the value of the game as far as money's concerned. So there are some situations where prices do get leaked out on camera, but we're you know beeping them out so you don't hear them, and the focus isn't on it and stuff like that. That's good. So. So that should help collectors out there. At least, you know, people won't say, oh, well, in this movie, you know, people are charging, you know, $25 for Final Fantasy, blah, blah, blah. I want that for this now. So, yeah, you know, that mm-hmm. should help control it a bit. But, you know, uh, stuff like this also makes a lot of people that are hanging on to them want to sell them more, too. So that That's could help true. as well. That's true. Speaking of Final Fantasy, That's yeah. maybe, we should, <laughs> maybe we should yeah. talk about that a little bit. I like right. it. All right, Justin, give us some history and story, background, all that good stuff. So Final Fantasy was, uh, uh, as most of you probably know, it was a role-playing game, an RPG, um, that was created by a company called Square. Uh, it was released in Japan in 1987 and didn't make it over to North America until 1990. Um, the story behind it, um, the creator, and I've been working on this name, I hope I say it correctly, Hironobu Sakaguchi. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Did you say that right? 
Hironobu Sakaguchi. I'm, I'm, I think it's right. <laughs> sounds like a very American way to say that name. Probably is, but we're gonna go with it. <laughs> so he wanted to create an RPG. He was, a, he was a, a game maker back then, and um, uh, he, he did not. The, the company Square did not want to give him uh, the ability to do that. They didn't think that an RPG would work. That just wasn't their their focus at the time. They were uh, they didn't think that you know they'd make any money on uh, uh, an RPG like that. But uh, a game was released called Dragon Quest, and it was a huge hit in Japan. And that kind of changed Square's mind. And, uh, decided, okay, we'll give you a shot uh, to make this game. So he he made this game, and his original name was called Fighting Fantasy, uh, and it was uh, he said it was inspired by Ultima and Wizardry, and um, the title was actually there's there's two conflicting stories out there. Originally, everybody thought that the title was changed to Final Fantasy because at the time Square wasn't doing very well um, yeah. financially, and they were going to go bankrupt and. They, uh, the story was that because they were under this was what they thought was their final straw, their final game to, to release, they changed the name to Final Fantasy. However, Sakaguchi said that uh, it was also uh, personal for him that it was changed to Final Fantasy. He actually said that this was going to be his last, uh, his last try at making a game. And if it didn't work and it didn't sell well, he was going to go back to school and uh, quit gaming. Well, we all kind of know how that worked out for him. Yeah, Um, yeah, it was a success. Um, Final Fantasy, because of that, I think there was a lot of reasons. uh, They thought it was going to be a standalone. Um, And as we all know, I think they're on like, what, 70 Final Fantasy 73 now? Yeah, something like that. No, uh, I think they're. Uh, I think 14 is what they're going to be releasing. I don't think it's released yet, but um, because it was originally made to be a standalone game, um, the stories don't. It's not like a sequel. Final Fantasy 2 was not a sequel. It was just a. There was some overlap in the games, but uh, they did not. It was not ever made to be sequels. So. Uh, that's kind of the history behind uh, Final Fantasy. We all know that it became one of the more popular games uh, that probably has ever been released. Uh, as far, it's definitely one of the most popular titles. It continued to uh, be released, you know, new and new versions. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it as far as history. I think. Uh, I think it has a pretty interesting story, especially if the rumors are true about the whole bankruptcy thing, and that's why they named yeah. it Final Fantasy. I think it's got a pretty cool story behind it, at least a mm-hmm. nice, glamorous one that we can all believe. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's actually really cool. I mean, you mentioned Dragon Quest, which to North American audience is Dragon Warrior. You know, yeah. the NES got four of those and stuff like that. And that was from Enix, a company that Square eventually teamed up with to mm-hmm. become Square Enix down the road, which is really cool. But yeah, Final Fantasy, man. Um, the last game released for the Famicom in, in Japan <laughs> was, was a combo of Final Fantasy 1 and 2. Yeah, so that yeah. was cool. It was, it was the combo card. And Final Fantasy 2 and 3 never came out uh, for North America for whatever reason. It wasn't until Final Fantasy... Uh, was it four finally came out as Final Fantasy three or, or Final Fantasy two right. on the S, on the SNES? So yep. there was always that weird like numbering system between like the Japanese audience and North American mm-hmm. audience for people who are following the series and stuff. So that's yep. cool too. But what what I heard about two and three was they came out so late in the NES's lifespan in Japan that by the time they got it translated. The SNES was already coming out, and Final Fantasy IV was starting to come out in Japan, and so... Five, sorry. Final Fantasy II in North America is Final Fantasy V in Japan. That's what it is. That's my bad. Yeah. yeah. So well, five uh, and six or two and three, but yes, you're absolutely right. It was so late in the run that it wouldn't right. have made financial sense. Right, so they, they, didn't, they just decided not to bring two and three to America just because it took so long to translate them. Right. That said, boys, I do have Final Fantasy 2 II and 3 for the NES on flashed 8-bit carts with the maps, with the boxes and everything. Wow. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. 
And the, the other thing to, to mention about Final Fantasy is uh, it was released for so many different uh, later systems, you know. I think you kind of touched on that. And, uh, um, you know, you don't see that a whole lot in a lot of genres. They actually just bring the same game out. And actually, what I discovered last night, you can download it on your iPhone or Android, uh, the original Final Fantasy. It doesn't have the bonus dungeons on it, but um, you can download that through your smartphone. Well, the original one didn't have the bonus dungeons either. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, they changed the graphics a little bit on it, and they changed, they fixed some yeah. of the translation, which that part kind of bothers me, because I like all the wonky translation stuff <laughs> that gets put in the... NES game. That's one of some of my favorite parts of the NES. I, I wish I had wrote down some of the funny ones in this game, but I didn't. But that's some mm-hmm. of the, my favorite parts of old NES games is the fact that the translations kind of come over funny. But right. Uh, so right. let's talk about actually playing this game because I have this is the, this past week has been the first time I've played this game in I don't know maybe ten years because mm-hmm. I've had it in my collection for the longest time. I had it when I was a kid. I just never did get back into it. I never did even tried to play it again, which I know everybody's going to scream bloody murder at me for Oh, <laughs> bloody murder! How dare you? How yeah. dare you, sir? <laughs> but, I did put it back in this week, and first of all, I want to say that uh, you get to name your characters, right? And I mm-hmm. named it after you guys. So, Sweet. you're welcome. Yeah. I'm probably Although, the black mage that died all the time, wasn't I? No, actually, I think you were a red mage. Justin was a black belt. See, I didn't know how to make a party, because I hadn't played this game forever. But Justin was a black belt. I was a fighter. Actually, I'm sorry. Justin wouldn't fit, so it was just. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just was a black belt. Mike was the fighter. You were red. Oh, of course. Oh, you're you're the fighter, huh? You get, to, right. you get to be the yeah. best guy. Okay. Okay. Exactly. No oh, and I didn't realize that you could make multiple fighters, or else I would have just made us all fighters, probably. But that's usually how I play the game. All yeah. fighters. For some reason, I didn't realize you could make multiple of the same people. But then I had my wife be the white mage because it looked like a girl, and then I later realized that it's actually probably not supposed to be a girl; it's supposed to be a guy. Yeah. But <laughs> so I don't know if that's a if that's a. a, a you're you're gonna get it now from the video game community. How dare you call the white mage a girl? You're in for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like you're you're now. Okay, we're losing listeners by the second. Um, yeah. Well, you know the thing about this game. And uh, I'll kind of compare it to our game we did last week. Is um, I wasn't a big RPG fan of when I was young, when I was a kid. Um, this game kind of around the first time, so I, I didn't really play it that much. Didn't like RPGs, um, but later on, I definitely liked it better, um, and you know, appreciate it now. Whereas Ghostbusters, which we talked about last week, I loved as a kid. And now it's like, oh, this game's awful. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I had a pretty similar experience. I got this game for Christmas, and I remember, you know, taking it off, like, the the wrapping paper and seeing the cool, like, orb that had the city in it and the Mm -hmm. the axe and all that. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And, you know, I was really big into, like, medieval stuff and, like, King Arthur. I'm like, oh, this looks cool. I put it in, and I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, (laughs) I didn't quite understand it. I didn't understand equipping weapons and stuff. I took me forever to get to the Temple of Fiends, which I kept thinking was the Temple of Friends, and I found I was getting attacked at the Temple of Friends. I did the same thing when I was a kid, thought it was the yeah. Temple of Friends for some reason. You know, and I was like, oh man, this sucks. It's not very sucks. friendly. Yeah, it's not very I like, friendly. I was like, this sucks, this is like a horrible video game, and this is my big Christmas present. I'm like, oh well, I guess I'll just go back to playing Codename Viper, and yeah, see, whatever. When I was a kid, it was like, oh man, I wanted action. I mean, even like Super Mario Brothers, you know, has action because you know it's side scrolling. You know, you're it's constantly non-stop. moving. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, you put Final Fantasy, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna get to fight this guy. And it's like, wait, I'm, I just choose fight or run, and it does it itself. I don't. I, yeah. It's like, <laughs> but, but then once you get it, and I, I'll never yeah. forget. I'll never forget beating Garland. Going back to see the king, and I'm like, okay, that's that's the game. I thought that was it. You know, I was like, okay. And then that bridge comes, and you cross the bridge, and then you see the title screen. And I still get kind of chills thinking about that because it's just like this cool cinema, you know, cinemagraphic kind of like 
expanse with the four warriors, you know, each holding an orb, you know, are ready to save the world. I'm like, man, now this is like a story. Now I'm hooked. Now it's like, where do I go? What do I do? So it was like, as soon as I crossed that bridge, there was like, I kind of grew up as a game player, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) You know, something in me changed forever. And then I was kind of hooked on RPGs. Yeah. That's, that's good. See, I got hooked on RPGs when I was younger, too. The problem I have with this game, and it's not, I mean, I understand. Here we go. Here we go. I'm just going to go ahead. I'm just going ahead. I got to get it out. I can get it off my chest, all right? This game definitely paved the way, and it's just, I, I understand and I respect this game. Trying to play it this week was, pun intended, it was a grind. I mean, I was just... I wanted to. I, first of all, I thought maybe, maybe it's not that bad. So I went ahead. I went ahead and got my weapons. I, I mean, I knew kind of what to do because I played RPGs. So I got my weapons, bought the best stuff, got some magic, headed off to Garland, and just got beat down because I stayed at level one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you know, then I decided to grind a little bit because I know in older games you got to grind to level up. And I thought, maybe it won't take that long to get to maybe level three. No, it took me like an hour of just walking back and forth and hitting A over and over again. And that was when I realized that, you know, they've upgraded RPGs over the years and made them a little more user-friendly. Well, you see, now you appreciate it. Like, as a filmmaker, we touched on a little bit earlier with the tools and stuff that we have. We're very fortunate. We have like non-linear editing now, so you can take your footage and rearrange it all you want. When I grew up back in my day, we had to cut tape to tape, you know, so you had to edit everything in sequence, more or less. <clears throat> this is the RPG equivalent. You had <laughs> right. to grind things out for an eternity. You couldn't select how many healing bottles you wanted. You had to buy them each individually and add them to your inventory. So you had to sit there saying, yes, I want a healing potion. Yes, I'll put it in my thing. Yes, I want a healing <laughs> potion. And then it maxed at 99, and you had to do that if you're going to like the Earth Cave or the Marsh Cave or whatever you wanted to do. For me, honestly, the grind didn't matter because most of this game, I got to play with friends coming over, and we would just hang out. We would put you know, our favorite CDs on or whatever. we just take turns doing whatever dungeon or whatever quest was next whatever and just talk it out and hang out so we were both kind of playing the game together so yeah. the grind the grind wasn't a big deal because we were always hanging out talking about whatever I could understand that and, and you know to be honest the grind would have been a lot uh, shorter if everything wasn't so ineffective <laughs> everything I did was <laughs> ineffective <laughs> there is that there is that so but no I mean I understand that I mean I, I do appreciate this game and I did enjoy playing it once I got See, once I got to level three, I was able to just pretty much go through Garland, go in and move on my way and not have to worry about grinding that much because I kind of leveled up naturally at that point. Yeah. Because I didn't make it very far. I think I made it to, uh, I beat the pirates and got the ship. I think that's about as far as I made it. But uh, it's a very old school RPG for sure. I mean. Yeah, it's great. Um, The the pirates and the ship part, again, that that sticks out as like, oh man. This is a cool story moment. And once you get that boat, you have this huge sense of freedom that you can go anywhere in this lake. And then <laughs> yeah. till you get to, when you get to the elf castle and you see that there's another dock on the other side, and you're like, how do I get over there? It's like, oh, man, this game is just massive. How am I ever <laughs> going to get there? And how many grinding hours is it going to take before I can pick enough level? Yeah, see, this game was unlike anything I had ever played. I, see, I didn't play Dragon's Warrior yeah, either did I, and I and I to this day I've only very briefly played Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest for the purists out there. Um, and obviously, visually they look very similar. Dragon Warrior Four, some people say, will be better than Final Fantasy. Um, but to those people, I I bite my thumb at the because um, <laughs> there is only one true RPG. No, there's a lot of good RPGs for the NES, but for me, my heart's always in Final Fantasy. So that's why I was so excited when you guys wanted to talk about that game. Yeah, did a, a not to kind of change subject, but real quick, did anybody not hold reset when they turned the power off? I, mean, I did it, not. It explicitly no. tells you to do so. So I'm wondering what happened. I did because I was afraid. You know, no, I, I, you I, do, I, what I, what I, happens? Does it, does it erase your game or something? I, I guess there's some issue with the battery getting you know flashed or whatever that you're supposed to turn it off in a certain fashion so that it saves it and stuff. Because this you know this is one of again one of the battery games right which were few and far between on the NES. 
for a while, mm. so... And which I am also shocked that my battery lasted, what, 20 years? No, yeah. 30 years? <laughs> when this yeah. game came out, 1990? Yeah, so about 25, something like that. 24, 25. Yeah, so the work, battery work, is... Work on your math there, Mike. Well, let's not date the show. He's, he's, he's like, you know, an average time for 20 plus years. He's not dating the show. What if somebody's listening to this in 2020, you know? Well, yeah, and you could also think, well, they probably made the game, you know, a time before 1994 they released it. It came out in 1987 in Japan. They probably made it well, in 1983. you don't have the Japanese version, do you? They probably made it in 1983. <laughs> the, car- the carts have been sitting in a warehouse for seven years. Right. And then they finally decided to ship them. That's what happened. Exactly. There you go. All right. <laughs> you know, we don't... Uh, we've had people ask us why we don't talk about music, and I really have no idea. It's just for some reason it never comes up. But let's talk about the music. Blasphemy! <laughs> yeah. And actually, I think what I'm going to do is... Uh, you Actually, the people listening probably already know this by now, but I'm going to... Just overlay a little bit of the tunage behind us. I like it. Or underlay, I guess, since it's going to be kind of quiet. I like it. So, so at, they've probably been listening to it the whole time. At the end of the podcast, you really got to play like the the big fight victory song. You know, so because we'd be successful talking about. It. I'm surprised you guys didn't have like a cool intro where it's like. The world is veiled in darkness. The wind stops. The sea is wild. The earth begins to rot. The people wait. Their hope. A prophecy. When the world is in darkness, two dudes in an NES and one cool guest <laughs> will come. You know, all I'm right. surprised you guys didn't do a cool thing like that. Is it just we me do now. All right, all right, Mike. Splice <laughs> that to the beginning. Yep. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Because we do this all after the fact. So, <laughs> oh, okay. thank you for our awesome intro. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Alright, so, well, I got that out of the way. But music, what did you guys think of the music? I love the music. I thought it was great. Of course, you kind of have to listen to the same stuff over and over again, but it never got old to me. I, I mean, it, it sticks out in my head as, I guess, maybe because they use the same, a few of the same tunes over and over again in all the different games. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the, yeah. the battle music and the victory music and the intro music, it all just, it all kind of st- stays in my head and it stayed in my head all this week. And when I heard it in the game, I thought, oh, man, yeah, I already know this. Yeah, I think the game of music was one of the first games that was like, you know, I remember this music. Well, you know, that's not true. I guess you can remember like Super Mario's theme. But well, there's a lot yeah, of themes you can yeah. remember for the NES, but there is something but, definitely iconic about Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's special because it's like it's actual it sounds like actual composed music. It's good music, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it sounds so, somewhat it's, it's orchestrated. Yeah, yeah. If you could, if you could consider it orchestrated on a yeah, yeah, you could definitely tell there's a there's a conscious effort to compose the stuff because there are it's right. not like Mario where there's like four or five different themes. For mm-hmm. Final Fantasy, there is like a dozen different themes that are triggered depending on what you're doing. So you win a battle. This is what this is what music plays. You're in the overworld. This is what plays. You're in a dungeon. This is what plays. So it's really catered to the experience. It's not just an you know, uh, you know, a track that's underlaid while a bunch of stuff is going on, like two dudes in an NES talking about a video game, for example. If there's more to it than that. There's right. triggers. There, there's points. And I'll tell you, every time you win a battle, especially in the dungeons, and you hear that successful theme song coming, you feel good. It's like, yeah, I did it. You know, it's a yeah. it's a nice departure from that scary music, you know, in the Earth Cave or or in the volcano. It's 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 cool. Yeah, it Tom Arnold would be impressed. Yeah. God. There it is. There yeah. it is. Everybody, everybody Drop, keeping track. Dropping the joke. Top dropping drop. Joke. Top drop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> best Mike's segue. Really not impressed with that. That's, yeah. that's the best Tom segue Arnold. ever. Oh. Tom Arnold may be impressed. I am not. <laughs> okay. Uh, can I? I just want to throw something out there. Because not to change the subject, but that picture. I'm going to have to applaud one of our biggest fans, Aaron Hickman, for that picture of Tom Arnold showing his Roseanne tattoo that he put <laughs> yeah. up on our Facebook page. That was pretty hilarious. That so was pretty hilarious. Kudos to you, Aaron. And well, anybody, while, we, while we switch topics, I'll throw out there, guys, I'm really impressed with the amount of work that you guys do to promote the show. I've been on, uh, I don't know, 20 or 30 different podcasts since we you know, got back from filming and stuff. And you guys like really pump it every day of the week, kind of leading up to the week out. 
with a lot of different kind of cool approaches and stuff. It's like you guys had, you know, the whole thing with the the rat tail with the Final Fantasy guys in the the class change. You guys had that cool parody video and stuff. There's a lot of a lot of really interesting things that I felt engaged with that I saw on a continual basis, and I don't always see a lot of presence from people on Facebook and social media. So I say keep up doing that stuff because that's great. Yeah, well, that is that is mostly Mike. Uh, you know, I have to give that all the credit there to Mike. He's the he's our Facebook guy. He does, well, he does and all, a lot of that. I have to give a lot of my credit to uh, this app called Buffer App. Plug to them. Because don't tell your secrets. No, I, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want my wife to hear this and think I spend all my time on Facebook. Oh, okay. Does she <laughs> actually like, listen to this though? No. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, all right. but if she but if she did, she find out how much you love her. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyways, it's an app. You can like line up fifteen things and just push them out every few hours. So I just do. I just sit down for like twenty minutes and line up ten different posts and then just let them fall out over the next couple days. So. Oh, very cool. Well, it's very effective, and I like it. To any of you podcasters out there wondering how to do social media, that's a good way to do it. Back to Final Fantasy. Back to Final Fantasy. What about the graphics? I like the the overworld switching to the kind of the side view battle system. Um... I like the char- The character design is amazing. I just love the. I just love the characters. I mean, I, I was upset that I couldn't pick all the different characters because they all look so cool. Yeah, Final Fantasy. I, I can remember not just with this version, but with every version that they released, always seemed to have just crisp, nice graphics for the system that they were on. They almost always seemed to be above and beyond the other games on that system. It's like they really worked hard to do that. And uh, this was no no exception. I mean, comparing it to other NES games, I think they did a very good job. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot there's a lot to like. I really like the overworld stuff. I'm actually in the process of getting like a giant 60 by 80 inch blanket made of just the overworld on top of it. But the graphics have always been good, like you said, for Final Fantasy. They've and they have always done something unique to each installment too it hasn't been just the same thing over and over again sure there's aesthetic similarities on the platform that they've been released whether it's nes snes playstation and so forth but there's been some cool stuff if i'm going to nitpick i think where they get into a little trouble is the amount of monsters that they have so that they'll do like a like a palette swap on some of the same character models, and it's like this is just supposed to be like a harder version, like the gray yeah. ogres versus the ogres, and then some of the monsters too, you you can't really tell what it is, like they don't have feet, they'll just have like their body from the waist down will come to form a point, like the imps, you know, it's like okay, so the imp don't have yeah, feet, the they just have this little, great. yeah, they just have this kind of point that they balance on so to speak so but you know again this is me nitpicking in an 8-bit world so well if i'm going to nitpick i want to know is that supposed to be a forest around like all the it's supposed to be a forest right that's a forest around the canera okay well either my guy's a giant or these are really tiny trees because my head sticks up out of the top of the forest (laughs) you are the warriors of light you have so much presence that the trees just part to reveal you (laughs) exactly it makes sense it makes sense yeah all right. Well, yeah. I guess uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Hey, we're the perfect segue. You know, we have a lot of practice yeah. at this. We say, right? We, yeah, <laughs> we rehearse. Actually, if you can't tell, we rehearse this. Yeah, it's, we just it's really smooth and fluid. I love it. Yeah, we just like to say, well, anyways. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and coming up like, next, it actually sounds like what the last person just said was completely uninteresting. Well, okay, let's like, on. Well, let's I guess do we're something. done with that. Next. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm tired of hearing you. Okay, you guys. Uh, I don't know how long we've been going, but does anybody want to? Are you guys cool doing a little bit of feedback from well, Facebook let's do some and whatnot? Feedback, yeah. Yeah. All right. let's, let's get to the Q and A. I mean, we've talked about graphics and music. Why would we talk about story at all? Why would we talk about story in Final Fantasy? There's I no thought point. we talked about story. Let's Not talk really. about story. I kind of did story. the in, the intro thing where yeah, I gave you the setup. Okay. Okay. Really okay. Well, no, let's story. talk about story. Let's talk about story. I I, I didn't so, know, I made it to the pirates. I don't know how much what happens after that. So you know, you get the four, you get the orbs. They were interestingly enough uh, designed after the famous music band Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, <laughs> That's so, exactly what they were thinking. Yeah, <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Water. Yeah, 
<laughs> the, so the member that, the member, that, the member that got kicked out, water. Right, is this Captain right. Planet? It isn't not Captain Planet. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's okay. it's a very it's a very elemental quest, um, and yeah. we've seen tons of RPGs and other stories and literature and stuff. Basically, you know, unite the world by bringing into balance these four elements. The Fantastic Four, their powers are based mm-hmm. on the elements themselves. Um, so there there is that. But of course, once you get those elements, the story just continues to jump. You know, it mm-hmm. continues to take left and right turns. And, you know, you mentioned the pirates. You know, these are all just the little kind of cool side quests and little story notes that you get to understand the flavor of the world. So after you beat Garland and cross the bridge and walk through the scary Martian forest area to get to that other town, you find that they've been held ransom by pirates. And it's up to you, the Warriors of Lights, a.k.a. two dudes yeah. in an NES, to save them and get their <laughs> ship and steal them. Right. Because... It's cool for pirates to take over a town, but what's cooler is if you steal the ship on the pirates. Right. Well, I will say about that, that did kind of take me by surprise, which was really cool, because I walked into town, I'm used to just walking around just talking to anybody I want to. And so I was just walking around talking to people, and then all of a sudden this guy says, hey, I'm a pirate, and I'm going to fight you. Yeah, I'm going to fight you. Yeah, and here comes nine of my friends or something. I don't know, there's a bunch of them, but... yeah, that's a question, or that's a thing that you bring up. You know, you kind of just wander around and talk to everybody in town. Now, I'm completely ridiculous about trying to talk to everyone and, you know, inspect every item. I'm the guy that went right up to the well in the first town and gazed upon it and saw my face, but alas, it's just a well. You know, did, did you guys <laughs> yeah. talk to, like, everybody in all the towns to see what was going on? I didn't talk to everybody. I'm not as obsessive as you are about talking to everybody. But... I just I just want the full experience of the game, I guess. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I got you. No, I, I, I like to go to the main points. You know, I like to go to the shops, and I like to go to uh, anybody that's kind of standing awkwardly that looks like they need to be talked to. Like in the first town, there's like the wizardy-looking guy hiding in the back corner. I yeah. want to make sure I talk to him because he looked like he was important. Right. That's kind of right. what I do. I don't talk to everybody because some people I, are just wandering around. They don't look very important. I remember when I got to the the elf castle, which is just after the pirates. You got to sail south and go to that uh, kingdom there. I wanted to talk to everybody there because it's not laid out like a normal city. It's pretty broad and expansive. I'm like, oh, I don't want to miss anybody in case there's somebody's got an item or somebody's got some information and stuff. So that's what I really started talking to people. Well, see, I like to think about it statistically. I mean, oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> you you talk to everybody, and what five percent of them actually give you something? But you know what? It's about the journey, it's okay. not the destination. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. it's all about the destination for me. Clearly, the destination is the temple of friends. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Fight the earth, the earth friend, the fire friend. <laughs> the water friend. friend. You gotta the get crack some friends. I gotta tell you. <laughs> yeah, these friends aren't very friendly. Like I said earlier, they just. Yeah. So, so speaking of friends, what do our friends on Facebook have to say about? Oh, this? now that's how you do a segue. There like we that? go. <laughs> he's giving us lessons. He comes on. He comes on, and he schools us at our own game. Tom Arnold would be impressed. Right there, you go. Pull right. up a chair, boys. I'll show you how it's done. Okay, so Kyle Varnell says, My favorite NES game of all time, Black Mage Strikes, ineffective. Uh, Greg Jones says, The game that started it all, one of, if not the best, original RPG. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Thomas Wilfong says, First game I ever bought with my own money. That's good. That's that's something you can really appreciate. That's like you were saying, talking about collecting and having memories about things. Yeah, I think most people really do remember. Do you guys remember the first finally. NES game that you guys bought? I do. Oh. Mine was Ducktales. I bought it with my own money. I got Ducktales for Christmas. I can't remember the first game I bought. I think maybe Super Mario Brothers Two. I would have uh, to say mine was probably Clash at Demon Head. A really obscure title. Although yeah. here and there, I, I got to pick out birthday presents, so I don't know if that really counts. But like the one that I took my hard-earned allowance for vacuuming the house and raking leaves was was probably Clash at Demon Head, uh, a later it's, release. It's a, it's amazing that you can remember that after all these years too. You know, twenty years later, you can remember the first game. Twenty years that that sixty bucks I spent still seems like a like a mountain. Like I'll never be able to afford it again. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it, but it was how, like how it was like all my money. I remember, like, 
I can either buy a video game for 65 bucks or whatever it was, 60 bucks, or I can buy like a bunch of Ninja Turtle figures. I was like, oh, oh what do I do? Man. Yeah, that's a that's It depends on how old I was. I probably would have went with the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Well, you see, it's a toss-up, right? It's like, I can play the game for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. But, you know, I mean, I can do the same with Turtles and stuff, but it's just not the same. So, and I had most of the Turtle stuff anyway, so it was kind of a good kind yeah. of a good jumping-off point to go to that. So I'm noticing a theme as I'm reading through some of these responses. Everybody's pretty... Uh... They they cling tightly to their party, you know, party configurations. Everybody wants to tell us what they're. Two mm. fighters, a black mage, and a white mage is probably the most popular. I'm gonna guess. Uh, actually, not on our Facebook. Erroneous. It's Erroneous. pretty. <laughs> it's pretty random. Let's see. We got a fighter, False. fighter, thief, white mage, black mage. We've got black mage, black mage, black mage, and black mage. That guy wow, blue. party of four black mages. They they have speed runs on YouTube of people that have done that. Can you imagine the grind you have to do for that? Oh man, <laughs> I don't know. If you do speed runs, I mean it's or, kind of hard to grind in speed runs. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Or, or like completions and stuff. There's some really cool completion runs on YouTube too for people to check out and on Twitch, I'm sure. Let's see. Have we got a response here? It says Chugga Crony is better. Chugga Conroy. What is that? Alright, moving on. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's Chrono Trigger. I think they're talking uh, about Chrono Trigger, maybe, and they just really misspelt it. Uh, maybe. But Chrono Trigger is, was released by Square for SNES. And, yeah, uh, this, that's SNES. We're the yeah. NES dudes here. Alright. <laughs> Heaven forbid they get a hardware upgrade. Let's let's just continue on. We we do we never upgrade. I did I the like I it. did the math. This this show's gonna take us like 15, 20 years to do. To basically I, cover every game for a week? Yeah. yeah, so we're never going to get to SNES. Well, the good yeah. news is, as I know well from the documentary that, that I'm finishing in post-production on the NES library, there's a lot of great games. There's also a lot of not-so-good games. So some of those shows, while it may take you 15 to 20 years, some of those shows might be a little bit shorter than others, unless you guys really like to rag on some of the, the brutal games. And it's also going to be hard for you guys to play some of the games. That's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, some of the wow. games might be hard okay. to play. We may have to. Don't say it. In Don't some... say it. Yeah. Don't say it. Don't do it. <laughs> Everybody out there knows what we're thinking. Yeah. I don't like it. But I'm going to try my hardest to get every game on the way. But I know there's some that I'm just not going to be able to get. See, this is where you got to reach out to the community in your area. So if somebody has, like, a Little Samson or a Bubble Bubble Part 2, then you go over there and that becomes part of the show. Like, experience of seeing the, the guy's game that you had. Like, you were a kid, right? You didn't yeah. have every game. You got to go over to your buddy's house who had Contra. That's right. To play there. I, if we could have them on the show and they could bring the game, we could play it. There you go. I like that. Let's see. Yeah. We got a one that says, when will you review Faxonadu? So... When Josh, will you review it? <laughs> Josh, we will do that. I'm not sure when, but that, we will do that. Uh, Aaron Hickman, we got to read his. He's like our number one fan. Uh, besides Dragon Warrior, this was my first introduction to RPGs, and man, was I hooked. He said he also remembers Nintendo Power hyping the game so much. Very much so. They had that awesome uh, I remember issue. That, yeah. I think it was like issue 50 or 51 or something like that. It was like chocked full of secrets. Yeah. And they had, I guess, is that the one that... Uh, I posted a picture of one. It looked like a strategy guide from the... Yeah, that, that's 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 the one. I remember, uh, because I'm from Canada, I traded an aluminum Easton hockey stick for that guidebook because I needed sanity <laughs> to, to help, me, help me through some of this game. Yeah, I was really hoping you wouldn't tell people you're from Canada. Well, you know what? That's <laughs> we'll the just roll, that buddy. We'll just edit that out. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. I love Canadians. You guys are great. All right. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, Kyle Murphy says, I'm not a big fan of the NES Final Fantasy games. I didn't start digging into turn-based RPGs until the SNES. But he did say that he thinks about trying it out again and that maybe he just had a bad taste in his mouth when he was younger. Like, what's the risk in trying it out? That's what I don't get. The, I mean, love the guy. It's a great comment. I completely understand. My wife... I'm trying to get into games a little bit more for obvious reasons. She's not into, you know, some of these participatory RPGs where you got to constantly pay attention. Turn-based kind of, you know, RPGs is her thing. She can take her time, make her decision, be ineffective. It's great. Um, 
what's the risk in this individual trying out this game? Is it like, mm-hmm. you know, is he is he sacrificing so much to try a legendary game that you know started it all? I mean, like we <laughs> talked about early on, there's a bit of a grind. There's you know things have been a little bit easier and stuff like that. But how cool would it be for this guy who's now in RPGs to go back, play the original cart, assuming his battery doesn't fail halfway through, and play this game and beat it and say, man. Even though I didn't like it at first, I got back into it and I played it. And man, did I have a good time! And I played like the game of all games. It's the Citizen Kane of RPGs for everyone out there. I mean, give the game a shot. Like, if you don't like it, you don't like it, and it's fair enough. But give it an hour, give it a couple hours, at least play the game for a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's do a couple more here uh, from the Retro Junkies website. Oh, those guys are hosters. Yeah, well, maybe I shouldn't read this one. All right, no, no Mick DeMarco, <laughs> a.k.a. Atari Man, says, While some say that it was Dragon Warrior that started the craze for console RPGs, Final Fantasy did it better. And all the Dragon Warrior fans have now left our podcast. <laughs> well, these aren't our <laughs> well, opinions, right? These no, aren't our opinions. No, they're We're not. Yeah, this is the disclaimer that the, these are not the opinions. These are the opinions of Atari Man only. Yeah. We will make our own opinions when we play Dragon Warrior. I, uh, the one thing I'll say about Dragon Warrior, I really like the box art on them. I think they're really cool and stylistically. Uh, the Dragon Warrior 4 box art, box art is almost as minimal as Final Fantasy 1's box art, so there's an interesting parallel there. But uh, i got to agree, I think I like the Final Fantasy series better, even though I don't have a huge exposure to Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest. I actually prefer the Final Fantasy box art. I think it's very clean, and it's actually kind of modern looking. I mean, it really has stood the test of time. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not good, but I really like the Dragon Warrior stuff as well. I yeah, think you okay. said it's not good. I I'm pretty sure you said it wasn't any good. I'm pretty it's sure you guys think I'm Tom Arnold or something. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not... And you just can't quite hear things properly. It must be the Google Plus. It must be. I hope that that's what they. I hope for our one-year anniversary special guest Tom Arnold. I'm calling <laughs> the shot. I'm calling the shot. We're doing it. We gotta what get. We gotta get on it right now. Start. Tom Arnold down. is coming on. All right, we got one more from Rob Luther, who a lot of people probably know, the infamous mm-hmm. Rob Luther. He says, "Hey guys, love the show. While I had Dragon Warrior long before Final Fantasy." He agrees with Nick that Dragon Warrior was not as good. And he doesn't know why, really. He just says whether it's the music, the graphics, <laughs> or the fact that you could actually choose and name your characters. He said, this game truly shines as one of the best RPGs Square ever published. And I agree. And one thing to note also, this was made by the Square A team. I mean, yeah. Yeah. not the B team, not the C team, the A team. Mr. T, um, yeah. The others that nobody ever remembers. <laughs> Everybody just knows Mr. T. I don't know. I he mentions, uh, Rob mentions, you know, naming characters and stuff like that. And I think on one of your social media posts, you asked if people name it with like contemporary names or medieval names. Yeah, I was actually curious. I, I, you know, I mentioned earlier that I named after you guys just because I thought it'd be fun to play as you guys leading up to the show. But I'm, I'm, be, I'm curious what everybody does. If they name it after their cousin Jill and their Uncle Bob, or if they name it after well, these fan, fantastical medieval names, or what? For me, and since there was four, I named them Donatello, the Ninja Turtles. Yes. Michelangelo, <laughs> nice. Leonardo, and Raphael. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I've done all, yeah. all sorts of variation, but I usually go for for some sort of fantasy themed. I have played games and seen other people where they have named them like after people, and then there's this weird kind of resentment. It's like, God, I hate that I named my red mage after you. You suck in battle. It's like <laughs> it's like I did something. So now like all of a sudden I take on the connotations of their you know underperforming mage because they don't know how to play with them or something. So. I yeah. told my wife when she was when she started playing Final Fantasy, well, don't name them after people because you're gonna you're gonna not like those people when you talk to them." Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that kind of wraps it up a little bit. Um, right. Justin, I feel tell- I feel like there's so much more to talk about, but I guess we have covered everything. We've I just don't feel like we've we've done this legacy, this game, this landmark title justice somehow. I don't know. That's not you- gonna sit well with me, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Justin. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rob, but Justin, give them our information. So you can find us at Two Dudes, two dudes and the NES. Uh, 
on Facebook, and you can all. We also have a uh, website now. You can check out our show notes. Uh, every episode, we do little show notes and read maybe some little extra tidbits. Or uh, if you're not sure you want to read a show, you can uh, read and see if you. Oh yeah, that sounds interesting. I think I'm gonna check that out. Um, also, uh, check us out on uh, Twitter, NES Dudes. And I personally on Twitter is JMH1084. You're welcome to follow me. And, and Mike, you can follow me at Super Pimsky, although I'm not as active as myself because I spend all my time as two dudes. But yeah. I'm not very active either. I'm not very interesting. I don't know. Just, <laughs> just follow NES Dudes. Don't follow me. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I know you guys are so anxious about where people can find out more information on my documentary film, they can go to nesclubmovie.com and see the trailer there, as well as get other relevant social media sites uh, and links to them. You can also just go to facebook.com slash the NES Club. Our, our page there you can follow us on Twitter at the NES Club or my personal Twitter at Pyre Productions, P-Y-R-E Productions. And you get lots of cool stills, updated kind of information about what's going on in the film, a little bit of bonus footage here and there with some of our participants, but join the community. You know, we're pretty friendly guys. Like the two dudes with an NES, we like encourage, you know, discussion back and forth and, uh, you know, anything relevant to Tom Arnold. So we like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and you kind of stole the show. I was going to try to, I was going to try to do a really good segue to you for you to do your, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I just thought out. it was the time that I should just jump in there and do it. But you it was the time. Oh. You just, you, I just couldn't get it in there. Rob, oh, you should sorry. know our segues are so good. You should have waited. You know, we, we were going to have some awesome segue that was going to be awkward and both. Yeah, yeah. We well, you could recut the show if you want to make it awkward and stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll figure out. Yeah. <laughs> so you wanted to know my information? You ask. Well, I'll tell you my information. <laughs> All right. I think we need to stop before we just. Yeah. Fall off. All right. Anyways. Hey, no. hey guys. It's it's been a huge pleasure though. I really appreciate uh, doing on. this hangout. Yeah, thank and you, you know, any time that you guys want to talk, I really don't mind getting up uh, a little bit early on on my end to talk about NES games and stuff. This has been a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if you guys like the the three person dynamic and how often you'd want to revisit that. But hey, I'm game for it. You know, whether awesome. the film's relevant still or not. But uh, I just love talking about games with people that like games. Sweet. Sweet. Sounds good. And uh, I'm going to play a little sound of whatever the next thing we talk about. We may actually talk about an accessory next time, but we haven't decided. So here comes the sound, but I don't know what it is. Anyways, see you guys uh, next time.